reporter based in KZN, Zanele Butelezi. Zanele, you travelled with the ad hoc committee, but you were part of the media contingent there. Earlier on, the ANC parliament saying that uh, the criticism of the ad hoc committee on Gandla by Sanef for not allowing the media access to the president's homestead is unfair. So a lot happening. Also, it was raining, we might add. But just uh, talk us through this, the whole development, starting in the morning. Where were you allowed as the media to, to go? And when were you separated from the ad hoc committee and so on? Mm-hmm. Well, initially what happened was that um, the media was not permitted to go inside the, the homestead or to view any of uh, um, the, const- uh, the construction work or the places that have been constructed in the president's home or around the president's home. Uh, but uh, in, the, in the morning we got news that um, we are now going to be allowed into the public areas. That's what um, and the, the presidential spokesperson termed um, those facilities that we were able to see. Um, they said we're going to allow to see those areas, and then uh, um, they will be uh, taking us on a tour of them as the media. And that did take place. Um, we went to uh, see the 21 um, houses, houses that were built for the, the members of the SNDF as well as the police. Um, in, the, uh, in the big chunk of the money um, that is been spent in the Nganja household and upgrading the Nganja household. Uh, actually, um, it was spent on those houses. About uh, more than 135 million rands were spent on those houses. And so we saw what we got to see. Uh, it, it was houses that were unoccupied. There were houses that were unoccupied, and um, others have been occupied. And what we got to hear was that. Um, police moved in into those houses um, uh, last year after they were vandalized, and so they were they are moving in was not official, but they were forced to move in because the, the houses were being vandalized. Um, the SNDF members have not moved in into their into their houses, and uh, what we got to see was um, a couple of houses. Um, they they are bachelor uh, bachelor houses, uh, meaning that. It's a one big room, and then there's a kitchen area as well as a, a bathroom, a shower, and a toilet. Um, so that's what we got to see. But these were empty, unoccupied, and uh, dirty, as you, you know, that uh, they have not been uh, taken care of in terms of cleaning because nobody stays in those areas. And so that's what we saw. And also incomplete um, cons- uh, work there uh, at the laundry area, especially because this air, this. Um, complex has a laundry area and uh, the, there are no washing machines installed there but you can see that it is a laundry area so that's the that's what we were able to see uh, but um, that was quickly halted um, when uh, we were joined by uh, DA members um, who were also on their mission to uh, inspect um, all these um, upgrades at the president's home and what happened was that there was a confrontation between DA members and officials that were taking us around um, as the media and DA members uh, demanding answers as they were asking, throwing in questions to these officials about the work that has been done and um, about the occupation of the houses. But the uh, officials refused to answer any questions from DA members and uh, they eventually decided to stop the tour. Uh, and uh, that's where we stopped. But um, at the end of the the, the, the ad hoc committee's tour inside the president's home, because uh, mm. uh, that's where we were not allowed, uh, we were able to be taken to the helipad area as well as um, the clinic. 
Okay. Um, which with the clinic, which also seemed to be incomplete in terms of work um, that needs to be done there to complete I'll, it as a I'll, clinic. I'll tell you what, uh, Zanelle, let, let's leave it at that because we need to talk to the chairperson of uh, this uh, ad hoc committee. Our reporter there is uh, Zanelle Buteles, who is still in Nganda there, who was uh, there with the, the media that uh, travelled up there. Committee on Gandla, Cedric Frolic. Mr. Frolic, a very good afternoon to you and thank you very much for speaking to us. Perhaps uh, just to... Good afternoon. Just so that our listeners understand the process that informed your site visit today and what it was in aid of, really. Well, we were uh, furnished with various reports, Piso, from the SIU, the Public Protector, Interministerial Committee that worked on the Joint Standing Committee of Intelligence, and then also the police minister. And we all pointed to certain security features that is at variance in terms of interpretation with one another. The committee said, let's go there and see for ourselves and see what these different things are referring to because some of them, uh, the interpretations were quite extreme from the different reports that were there. And may I say, uh, it was quite an eye-opener to go there today. Mm. What did you find particularly interesting about it? Well, um, I think the what we must be very clear about is, is that what we have seen there today is not worth the 206 million rand that people claim has been spent on that. We were shocked to find the levels of shoddy workmanship and also the fact that there are serious, serious security issues. Um, The president is neither safe, secure and comfortable in that residence because most of the work has not been completed. When the controversies apparently started, um, most of the work was stopped. And as a result, a lot of contingency arrangements must now be put in place by SEPs because they need to secure the president. What we've also seen is we would show this area that is called the visitor center where the president has an office. In fact, it's a very modest place. We didn't see any luxuries. And members were commenting as to but why do we call this a visitor center? It's not a visitor. It doesn't even resemble a visitor center. So those are the type of issues that members will reflect on tomorrow in the adult committee. But what we must say is, is that those who are responsible that oversaw the escalation of these prices and what we believe inflation of prices. They must definitely be held accountable and the full might of the law must be thrown at them. What are you then enabled to do? I'm just thinking in terms of, I'm referring back also to the Public Protector's report in which she says that uh, there was no comprehensive needs assessment that was drafted, costed and submitted to the client uh, even the departments of public works. So, uh, I mean, it all points to the things that were raised about um, just, you know, gross negligence, uh, um, overspending, overstating, as you say. You've seen the site. You have now drawn the conclusion that it does not do or it does not, it d- did not deliver what it promised to do. What do you do then do now? Well, the committee will deliberate tomorrow when we meet on-site visits and the minister's report and also some of the features that were pointed out to be security and non-security. And quite frankly, um, what we have seen in the media and the pictures that have been shown of the president's private residence, those things have been grossly exaggerated because that is not what we found there today. And we will have to sit down and very soberly work through the report of the minister of police and also deal with the issues that arose and that the police responded to when we were at the president's residence. We'll also have to create an opportunity for public works to come and explain the issue around the police barracks 
and the buildings that are standing vacant and where people, uh, whether they believe, have free access to, that has never been properly handed over. Quick and that alone question. amounts to 135 million rand. Quick and, and you ask yourself the question, how is that possible? Mr. Freilich, a quick and final question, because... At yes. the heart of this issue is whether or not the president is liable for what he was seen as unduly benefiting. The police minister has already said that he is not liable to pay anything. Do you at all refer to that? Does that uh, dictate what your outcome is? And do you at all look at the public protector's report, including the remedial action she suggested? The, we've always looked at all the reports, including that of the public protector in front of us. Uh, members are regularly referring to those reports. And uh, what is uh, important is to note that uh, these different reports um, have all been taken in consideration. In fact, the previous ad hoc committee concluded, and this is a resolution of the House, that it will be very difficult to prove undue benefit on the side of the President. And that is surely part of the discussions that we'll engage upon in the next two days. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Cedric Frolic is chairperson of the Ad Hoc Committee on Nganja. The force is uh, from the University of uh, Cape Town at the faculty, uh, Depa- law faculty department there. Uh, Professor DeFoss, you were listening in. What do you make of this? Well, it seems to me the, the, there's a larger issue <laughs> really, and that is that the, there are only actually two reports of any legal standing in the matter. That is the public protector report and the special investigative unit report. These reports both made recommendations to various branches of the executive. And the question is now whether the executive are going to implement these findings and remedial action or not. The role of the ad hoc committee is a bit unclear in this because they cannot take over the, 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 um, the role of the executive and implement these things. They can hold, of course, the president and members of the executive accountable for uh, and ask them whether they are going to implement the findings of these two reports or not. And so that's really the issue. Uh, are the uh, findings and the remedial action of the public protector and the special investigative unit implemented? If not, why not? If they are going to be implemented, when are they going to be implemented? This is really the only from a legal perspective, the only question that is relevant. But uh, the, the ad hoc committee right now, I, I hear that, that question that is relevant. It, it needs to be answered. And, and the ad hoc committee has been there, and uh, they, they have found that uh, there is a shoddy workmanship. The president is neither safe nor comfortable. There needs now to be a contingency plan to, to be put in place to ensure that the president is safe. Uh, there are no luxuries there. At least that's what uh, Mr. Froelich is saying. And and when they go back now, how are they going to interpret this? Uh, wouldn't they their report then strengthen uh, Police Minister Kosnatin uh, uh, Tleko's report that uh, the president uh, did not duly benefit here, so he shouldn't pay anything? And what does, does it do then to the public protector's report? And which report then uh, reigns supreme here? Well, you know, there, there are two issues here. One is what is legally required, The other question is what is politically feasible and politically demanded by those in power. So I can't really deal with the political question because I'm not a politician. I can only deal with the law. In terms Mm -hmm. of the law, the public protector's report and the remedial action imposed by her and, and the findings in terms 
of the executive members ethics act she's in fact the only person who can make findings whether there was a breach of the executive members ethics act the question is whether this will be implemented or not other reports by ad hoc committees by ministers those are political reports they are not legal reports and they have no legal standing and they are not legally binding of course uh, the politicians can use them to try and uh, justify their decision but ultimately the ex- members of the executive the president the minister of police the director general and so on all the people who have been ordered by the public protector and by the special investigative unit to act mm. on their recommendations they have to now either act or they don't have to act uh, or they don't act if they don't act then they have to give a reason for why not and if they if the reason is not rational then of course there is a problem then the decision is not going to be lawful but so the, that is really the question yes but the 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 ad hoc committee has been there on the ground and they come back and they say look this is the situation. This is what we found. Can they then ask the public protector to review her report and her standing on this based on what they have found, according to law, maybe? Is that doable? And, no, and, and, no, mm. they, they cannot do that. What can happen, the only thing that can happen, the president and the various other uh, people who have been instructed to do things in terms of the public protector report, they have to act. They if they decide not to implement a specific remedial action implemented or instructed by the public protector, they can obviously refer to all these other things and say, well, we now have this other information. For this reason, we are not going to implement that finding because that finding, uh, we we have a good reason not to implement it. But the only person who can decide that is the person who was instructed to act in terms of the public protector report, either the president the Secretary of Cabinet, the Minister of Police, the DG of the, the, the National Commissioner of Police, the DG of the Department of Public Works, and right. so on. Okay. All right, we got you. Pierre DeVos is uh, with uh, the law faculty at the University of Cape Town. We've run out of time, unfortunately, but thank you very much for that. Rob, how are we looking on the roads? Traffic on SAFM. I'm going to uh, take you down to Cape Town for an update on the uh, Hugo.